Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, the GigaCity Company, a philanthropic community partner since 1922 and proud supporter of numerous community organizations. More information at smithville.com. And School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life publichealth.indiana.edu. From the Milton Metz studio in the Radio TV building at Indiana University, welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host WFIU-WTIU News Bureau Chief Sarah Whitmire. And every year at this time, we host graduating high school seniors from around our area who reflect on their time in school, uh, catch us up on all the issues going on um, with their lives, and look forward to what's next for them post-graduation. On this week's show, we have four seniors, Anissa Kurevitsa, who's from Harmony School, Emma Hoskins, who's from Brown County High School, Julian Slaughter, who's from Bloomington High School North, and Zoe Berenstein, who's from Bloomington High School South. You can join us on the program by calling 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. It's great to have all of you in here in the studio with us today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm going to start uh, by just sort of asking each of you to talk a little bit about what, you know, what you're going to do next. And tell me when graduation is first. And Emma, Emma Hoskins from Brown County, let's start with you. Okay, my graduation isn't until um, June 8th. Mm -hmm. um, it's Friday night. We usually put our graduation pretty far out to accommodate for our snow days that we have in Brown County. Um, mm -hmm. So after graduation, I am actually going to be moving into IU on June 11th to participate in the group scholarship program. Mm -hmm. um, that we have a summer experience program that we're doing. And so after the summer experience, I'm going to move back into IU for the fall. Um, and I'm going to study exercise science and biology. My ultimate goal is to become an occupational therapist. So. Oh. Okay. All right. Zoe? I will be graduating on June 2nd, and after that, I will go to IU. I'm living in Briscoe next year at the Civic Leader Center, which is um, the School of Public and Environmental Affairs Living Learning Community, and my major is public management in SPIA, and ultimately, I'm hope hoping to run for some sort of public office in Indiana, probably. <laughs> okay. Anissa? Um, I graduate on May 26th, I believe, which is a Saturday. Um, after that, I'll be going to Ohio to go to Ober Oberlin College. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure about what I want to study. I know I ultimately want to be a journalist, but I've heard that there are many different ways to find yourself in that career, so we'll see. All right. Julian? Uh, our graduation is also June 2nd, um, which is the same day as the state track meet, which could pose some problems, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Are you an athlete, a track athlete? I wouldn't use the word athlete. Okay. I participate. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I'm on track. Um, <laughs> and then over the summer, my friend Jack and I are going to be going cross country in a Mustang and just trying a whole bunch of food, seeing how that goes. And then I'm going to be going to Purdue University, and I'm not sure what I'm going to study. But it's just going to be nice to be in a new environment where no one really knows who I am. <laughs> so okay. I can sort of reinvent myself. There you go. Wow. I want to go back to you, Zoe. You said uh, you, you hope to run for political office. So what were your motivations? Um, well, definitely I've held a lot of leadership positions in my later years in high school, senior, senior year mostly. And um, I found it to be a really good experience. And after seeing a lot of things going on in our in our in our community and also in our country and how it's being led on a government level it's just something that i'm interested in and i think i would be good at <laughs> so it's it's been a number of years since i was in high school but um i'm just curious maybe all of you can speak to just is politics an issue in in your schools yes. and how have your teachers handle that you want you want to start julian um, sure 
Yeah, politics are definitely an issue in our school. I know that um, at my school, at least, there's definitely a real problem between, I guess, I don't want to say regular kids, but like kids who come from like middle class families who have parents who work maybe at IU, the hospital, or other sort of, I guess, middle class jobs like that, compared to the other people who might not have as much income that we, well, most people commonly refer to as hicks, which is, mm. I mean, that's just not a nice term. Um, and it's caused a really big divide between these two groups of people. Um, and when you look at politics in that area, the people that we define as hicks, we usually give a bad reputation simply because they might vote Republican just because that might be how they've grown up, that's how they identify, that's what they think. And we tend to divide ourselves at my school between groups. Like we have the kids that you know are Democratic and they all hang out with each other and you will not see like a Republican person there. And there's the Republican group. Um, at my school actually there was a large controversy where there were kids wearing the Confederate flag as capes and wearing it on their hats and on their shirts. And while I personally do not agree with what the Confederate flag stands for, you can't tell someone that that's not a part of their heritage because if they believe it's a part of their heritage, they believe it's a part of their heritage. Um, and we had to get it banned, sadly, because they were using it in, in an appropriate way. They were using it to condone violence against um, other people, LGBTQ members. and. I know this kind of got off a tangent on politics, but it's more on the idea that politics at school have separated people who could become friends, and it's caused the divide between classes, groups of people, um, and really prevented any possible ideas, discourse, anything like that from being had at my school. Well, you know, clearly that that uh, illustrates the fact that politics is is uh, alive and well in the high schools. It might also get us some phone calls. Who knows? Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, similar Big. stuff has been going on at Brown County. Like, really? I know for years, like, on the Confederate flag thing, um, somebody gradu uh, decorating their graduation cap with a Confederate flag is the reason why nobody in Brown County is allowed to decorate our caps anymore because of the controversy with that. And kind of like you said, like, the, the discourse between people, just the divide is really, really prominent, um, especially, like, growing up in kind of like Brown County's culture, like it, it is very prominent and it has caused issues between teachers and students and teachers and teachers and students and students. Hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but it is. Well, yeah, interestingly, and I'll let Anissa answer that too, but it, there have always been cliques in schools, but I think, I, I guess that what I'm hearing is that the cliques are a lot, uh, sometimes more defined by politics now than maybe they were before. Zoe, maybe you can answer sort of the same question because I know there was that banner that was put up on Bloomington South this week about um, saying yeah, it, we it, don't it, like Trump, basically. It, <laughs> yeah, it said it in a little more Much direct way. way. <laughs> right, <laughs> that we can't say on air. but Yeah, it's been really obvious in my time at South that there, the that going to a public school in such a unique place such as that Bloomington is where we sort of in, in the center of Bloomington, it's a bit of a liberal bubble, some I consider, but um, there are still other people who attend Bloomington South and Bloomington North, obviously, who um, we just, we, they're differing opinions, and that truly is, I mean, that sign was, was out there, um, and, and it caused a lot of people to be mad, but even, even things that aren't so bold, Still, still create uh, conflicts between different kinds of people, and it definitely escalates. It definitely inf infiltrates into school matters that I think in other times politics won't won't be be in involved in those subjects like clubs and stuff like that in in, in high school. Mm -hmm. So, what's it like at Harmony? It's interesting. I feel like I'm having a very different experience, <laughs> which is I'm not surprised. Um, I definitely like was aware of like the situation at North. I have some friends there. Um, and like while that was going on, it was a really interesting like public conversation. Um, I think it's interesting because high school is when you start sort of thinking about what you're like separating your beliefs from your parents' beliefs. Um, 
you know, you mentioned that Bloomington's a bubble, and I, sometimes I feel like Harmony's a bubble within a bubble um, because it's definitely very liberal. However, it's not like completely liberal, and there's started to be some kids whose parents are very liberal, and their form of like figuring out their own views is to like rebel against that and mm. be conservative. Um, but definitely, I feel like there's like a consciousness about politics and a lot of people feel very strongly um, and want to like do things to change um, different like sort of in, get involved in social acti- social activism but um, there's a little less discourse just because we are so small there's only like 15 people graduating with me this year um, so the kids who are you know more conservative more liberal they don't have the opportunity to form clicks because it's so small that everyone you're just with everyone you know mm-hmm. So um, Anissa and I have switched roles today because she did a she was a moderator for a panel on civility and and discourse that that I was one of the panelists for and I was just interested when we were talking about that before you said that your views sort of on on this issue have changed over time how how so when we were doing that project it was well when we started that project it was sort of right after the 2016 election. And no matter where you stand on like that election and who won, I think uh, everyone sort of felt like there was this divide um, where, you know, before you could maybe talk to people who disagree with you and feel very strongly about it, but still have that conversation. And to me, at that moment in time, it felt like there are people that are so different from me that I can't even have a conversation with them. Um, and we were coming at it, I think, from a pretty pessimistic uh, perspective, and we wanted to figure out like how we can fix that. Um, but after that, uh, the way Harmony does senior year is we do a big senior project the second semester. We don't go to class at all. We just do a self-designed senior project. And for mine, I'm really interested in journalism. I wanted to learn how to interview people. So I took a trip to New Orleans, driving to New Orleans, and I stopped and tried to talk to as many people along the way. And a lot of like my essential question for that was just like, how is like, can you still sort of do that and like go there's this famous radio guy named um scott carrier who did a similar thing in the 80s and i was really inspired by that and i was like oh well maybe i can't do this anymore because the country is so divided and i didn't talk to people about politics that much sometimes i did i mostly talked to people about their lives and what was going on what was bothering them um but i found that even when i you could people are so willing to talk to you. Like, I was so surprised how willing people are to, like, invite you into their lives, into their stories, show you their favorite parts of their cities. And I knew I was talking to people who I wouldn't meet in Bloomington and I wouldn't meet at Harmony. But it definitely really changed my perspective, and I don't feel nearly as pessimistic as I did before, for sure. Mm-hmm. We're talking with four students who are going to be graduating here in the next couple of weeks from high schools in our area. If you have questions or comments, please give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. So the this midterm election will be, I think, probably a lot of your all's first opportunity to vote. So I'm curious if you've registered and if you're excited about, about an opportunity to vote. Emma? Yeah, I this was my first time voting and it was a really fun experience for me because I have been pretty involved with politics and um, really interested in that. Um, I did the Brown County We the People team in junior high and we went to we won the state competition and went to nationals and won nationals the year that I was there too and being so involved with that program made me very interested and even though it's not something that I would like to continue like Zoe in my future it has a uh, place a special heart with being involved in politics within me and um, so it was really cool going out to um, I went to one of my elementary schools to vote this year and just getting involved and actually instead of being on the outside like knowing like okay well who's this candidate what what are they talking about what is this and like it was just a completely different experience because before you know you think that like oh I know what's going on but when you really take the time to like be to know it completely changed my perspective on the whole thing and made me appreciate it a lot more. Could you tell me a little more about the We the People Canada oh, project? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's such an awesome program. Um, so what it is is in eighth grade, um, I had one class period, and we would also come in on Saturdays for practices. And what you would do is 
um, there's six units and each unit has in my class we had three to four people five in one situation because of the class size and what you do is the, um, they give you different questions or there's like overarching uh, themes throughout the different units and you we would all come up with speeches and it was kind of like a mock congressional hearing to put out what we thought on the different ideas that like every year is different um, and yeah it just gave me even though my unit was um, current events it was like the unit six so I had a different focus than other people I still got to learn with my classmates about like the foundations like the Constitution the judicial branch the legislation and the experience of going to state and winning and then going to DC and being like getting to meet all of these people and see like how things are actually happening it just it was such a great experience um, and I that's all due to our teacher, Mr. Potts, Mr. Michael Potts at Brown County Junior High. He's phenomenal. He's the whole reason that this program went so long with the success that it did. But mm -hmm. Thanks. But I, you want to chime in, yeah. Zoe? Oh, um, regarding voting, I also voted for the first time in the primary um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a very exciting experience, especially for someone who's been pretty politically involved from a younger age, just like following along and forming my own opinions. Um, it felt like an amazing step to take to finally be able to vote and sort of put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Um, and even the next day, seeing the results and knowing no matter how it went, like I did have a part in that process. It was awesome. Same thing for you? Yeah, that really resonates with me for sure. I, um, I think a lot about like making sure that I'm thinking through things from my perspective for myself, just because I do agree with almost all of my parents' politics. And for me to just accept that and move on would be just as bad as the people on the other side that I judge for doing that. So I try to like sort of think those things through more deeply. Um, and yeah, I, one, a friend and I like did a bunch of research together and it was a really, it was a really good experience. I ended up voting for the same people my parents voted for, though. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Were you able to vote? Really? Yeah, um, I was able to vote. I went to one of the elementary schools and voted. Um, I did some research beforehand. Decided um, didn't quite align with my mom. Like we both voted Democratic, um, but. I hope she's not listening to this because she doesn't know I didn't vote uh, how she wanted me to. <laughs> um, but mom, if you are listening to this, I'm sorry and I love you. Um, but one of the things I did find interesting was on Snapchat, which I'm sure everyone knows what that is. Um, a lot of my friends would be posting pictures of like on their stories with the sticker saying I voted, um, and it'd be saying like, yeah, go out and vote. And then I would text them and be like, oh, you voted. Like, that's awesome being politically involved. Like, how much research did you do beforehand? Or, like, what did you look up? And they're like, oh, no, I just felt compelled to vote. Um, and they, they just checked boxes, which, on the one hand, I don't really think that's a smart thing to do. You could be voting for someone who doesn't agree with your ideas at all. Um, okay, two things to say. Um, <laughs> however, that's how a lot of people might vote. Um, like and a lot of elections people mostly vote for their candidate even if they don't agree with their policies because we've lost this idea of being American you're either Democratic or Republican yes good um, but I cannot remember where I'm going I'm sorry I get off on tangents sometimes <laughs> um, but then there was another oh yes I was talking about okay. then there was another group who just felt like they shouldn't vote at all because they didn't think that their vote mattered um, and so they didn't go out and vote, and they didn't think that they were important enough, which I think is one of the largest problems with politics and teens today, because if I'm correct, like, the number of people, I want to say 40 and under, like between 18 and 40, um, completely outnumber, like, all the baby boomers, which is the largest cohort of um, a generation that's, like, ever happened, um, in America at least. And if we voted um, how we wanted to, things could change. Things don't have to be the way they always are. Things don't always have to feel worthless. Your vote does matter. Your, vo your voice is a voice. People can hear it. You just have to be willing to speak and to vote. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you all wanted to vote, what, what were the key issues for you? Julian, what, what was the issue that really drove you to want to go vote for a particular candidate? I mean, 
one of the key issues that I, like, stood for was mostly just the idea that I wanted to, like, vote, to be honest. Um, and I did want to show people that, like, yeah, they had a voice and they need to go out and vote. And the political issues, like, in Monroe County, um, I'm not very in tuned with, quite simply because I haven't had that much of, I guess, a, a struggle throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't been that involved with the ideas that but, might but there affect was a, other people. But there was a congressional race that you could have voted for. So there were national issues that might have. Yeah. Um, I voted for, I don't know if I, oh, whatever. You, you, don't, you don't have to say you okay. voted for. You can um, if you want, but you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, well, I voted for Liz Dollins, um, and I voted for her because looking at like, what she stood for, I found that it aligned for me, as well as the fact that um, this might sound kind of like um, what I was saying earlier, that people only voted because they felt compelled to vote, but I did feel compelled to um, vote for her because... Um, I can't decide if this is bad to say or not, but also because that she was, um, like, I guess, a woman. And I feel like in politics, women have been thoroughly unrepresented. Um, and it's about time that they do have a larger say in politics. So you voted for Liz Watson? Uh, yes, yeah, Liz Watson. I'm so sorry. Right. That, that's okay. I but it, I, I think that the, uh, the gender issue was a big issue in Monroe County and a lot of places this mm-hmm. year, so... How about the rest of you? What issue really got you going, Anissa? So I voted for two people on the rest of the things I left blank. And a big reason um, that I did that was because I felt like I didn't either feel strongly enough or didn't do enough research. And, you know, like what Julian said earlier really resonated with me of like, you know, if you don't have an opinion and other people do or other people have done more research, maybe they should have more say. So I abstained from a lot of things. But I voted for um, Liz Watson because... Um, it seemed to me that she was doing a lot of outreach to places, more rural places. She had she was backed by a lot of unions. And, you know, there's like the technical side of that of like, oh, well, if you're backed by a lot of unions, you're more likely to win in the not primaries um, because those are more rural areas. But I also really respected um, sort of that, again, like civil discourse aspect of like reaching out to multiple different communities not just relying on Bloomington, which of course is very democratic. Um, so those were, those were my main reasons mm-hmm. that I, I just really respected that. Okay, Zoe? Um, I did a little bit of research into the different candidates' backgrounds to see how um, prepared or qualified for, for their posi- the positions that they were running. Um, and I based a lot of my decision on that, just seeing who I thought, who I thought might do a good job based on their past experiences, and also, I I admit that I the gender issue played a role in my decisions because I wanted to support the women running. I thought it was so great, and not only in Bloomington but nationwide, there's been a trend of more women running for office and being elected into office, and it's exciting for me. So I I went with that too. <laughs> um, for Brown County's elections, there was a little bit different. Um, like we only had one person on the ballot for prosecutor, so obviously I didn't have to put much thought into that. I think the the candidacy that I looked, I had to do the most like research for myself was was um, the different people up for circuit judge in Brown County, um, and I was getting a lot of different things from like my my family members who might agree one way, and then other like people in the community that I'm friends with that think another way. So that was probably the most difficult for me to come up with. A decision for but it was really interesting looking at um, everyone's past and like different cases that they'd worked on as like lawyers or attorneys um, and it like I said that was one of the things that gave me like the appreciation for voting is because I was like I really felt like I knew what I wanted like what I thought needed to happen and um, yeah it just made me appreciate it a lot more. We're halfway through the show. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we're talking with four high school seniors who are going to be graduating within the next couple of weeks. If you want to join us for the second half of the program, please do. 812-855-0811 in Bloomington. 
1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. And you can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. We'll be right back. the Milton Metz studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, online at smithville.com, and IU School of Public Health Bloomington, online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIU News. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with Sarah Whitmire from WFIU and WTIU. We're talking with four high school seniors today who have various opinions about a whole lot of issues. Um, with us are Anissa Curry-Vitsa, who's from Harmony School, Emma Hoskins from Brown County High School, Julian Slaughter from Bloomington High School North, and Zoe Bernstein, Bernstein sorry, from Bloomington High School South. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, or you can join us on the phone, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington, or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send questions to the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. So you all said at the beginning of the show that you, you're going to either IU or, or another college or university. Um, I, I'm just curious because there does seem to be this push in Indiana about getting people um, technical training and going straight into jobs. So I'm just, was it just sort of a foregone conclusion that you would all go to college? Um, for me, it kind of was. I've always um, kind of this push with my parents and my teachers, like on the track that I'd been from elementary school, that like I was going to go to get my four-year degree and then whatever followed that. I never really... Uh, considered anything other than that and actually at my school I I may have heard you wrong but I, there's kind of been an issue with um, pushing the four-year path on people who that's not the path for them and like we've been working we have a new program which I think has been at some of the other local high schools the JAG program the Jobs for America's Graduates mm -hmm. which has been helping to push um, not a, they, my teacher Connie calls it like the cookie cutter to find the path that's right for everybody whether that be like sending people to the like the C4 programs in Columbus for welding or or culinary or whatever um, but that's kind of been the big thing at my school is that like people like me it's been great for because I've been set up really really well to go to IU but some of my classmates like that's just not the path that is right for them and it hasn't necessarily been the best for setting them up for success mm -hmm. uh, yeah in my family and my background I was definitely always expected and I always expected of myself to go to a four-year college because my parents and grandparents all have um, undergraduate and graduate degrees and um, I've always been academically oriented so I, there was never really a doubt but I really admire at Bloomington South, we have the Hoosier Hills program, which allows students to leave school early and go to uh, um, to a different, I guess, building. I don't know if it's at Ivy Tech or where it is, but they get to learn skills that may be more useful for them after high school. And I think it's a great effort to get people to end up where they're meant to be instead of trying to put them in the mold that they don't fit in. So. Hoosier Hills is out near North, isn't yep, it? Yep, it's right next to the building. Yeah. Well, that. it's a part of the building. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely, I think, was for the most part, expected to go to college. I think if I had a very clear plan about what I wanted to do, my parents would be okay with me not 
going, but it would definitely have to be a thing where you have a clear plan. And I think the examples that these two just gave, um, of like going to technical school or like having like a vision of what you want your future to look like is one way to do that. The other, like I feel like Gen Z version of that um, is a lot of people are, start creating content in high school, be it like certain art forms or like YouTube videos. Um, and then they can sort of go straight into that industry of like the entertainment industry. And sometimes I wish I had made more stuff in high school. I definitely like made stuff with friends a lot. Um, but I think if I had set myself up in a way that like I didn't have to go to college, it would be something I would consider. But at the same time, I've always really enjoyed school. So I'm like excited to continue learning. I'm the youngest of five uh, and all my siblings went to college. So I was kind of destined to go to college. Um, I also wanted to go to college um, because the things that I'm interested in really require a degree for you to get a job in that field or to make money because if you don't have a degree uh, up to a certain level, you don't get paid as much, which I think is one of the biggest reasons that, well, one of the bigger reasons that people go to college and people want to graduate high school because you do make more money, you are seen as more valuable. Um, and while yes, work experience is nice to have in certain departments, like uh, one of my friends, he went straight from high school to working on cars and like a car, uh, car dealership. Um, but if you want, and, and that works for him because you need that experience. But if you wanna be like a doctor, you really can't go straight from high school to working <laughs> at a hospital. You can be a scribe or something like that, but to get actual hands-on experience, you need to go through the years of education that are necessary. So I feel like the idea of getting like technical experience before um, getting a job really should be like a case-by-case -case thing. It shouldn't be everyone should get technical experience before uh, instead of going to college or before going to college. It should be as you see it or as you see fit. So I'm curious, are you all worried about college debt? Certainly it's something we've done a lot of reporting on. I'm sure Bob has mm -hmm. too, but um, just worried about sort of accruing a lot of debt and then if you're going to be in a profession where you're going to be able to pay that back at some point in your lives. I mean, I would say it was a huge deciding factor, maybe not huge, but pretty big deciding factor in, in my decision um, where it was a choice between going out of state to schools that would charge way more money than IU would um, because Indiana is an in-state school and my mom works here, so there's that. And then I was fortunate enough to get so many a number of scholarships that helped me um, get my tuition down to a very affordable point. Um, and I knew that when I was making the decision between all the schools, and it definitely played a deciding factor because I was thinking ahead to maybe graduate school or moving somewhere else where um, it would be helpful to be financially stable. I um, am fortunate enough to be a 21st century scholar. Um, so looking out of state was never really an option for me. Like I didn't look into any out of state colleges just because I knew that like the debt factor is such such a big thing with deciding where to go. I knew that I couldn't pass up the opportunity that I'd already been given with the 21st. And like Zoe said, like I've kind of been fortunate enough to with that and some of my other scholarship opportunities and like the groups program. I personally am not super worried about it. Um, the only thing that I am considering is like what happens when I go to graduate school and like if I would go out of state for that. Um, but for undergraduate, I personally feel pretty good about my decisions. Yeah, I'm definitely stressed about it to some extent, especially since I decided to go out of state, which is obviously more expensive. IU didn't um, give me any money and this a bunch of other colleges did. So it kind of evens it out a little bit but it's still <laughs> more expensive to go out of state. Um, I don't think I want to go to graduate school, at least right now, because I want to be out in the world. I want to be making stuff. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. So I guess that's a little bit less concerning, but I'm, there's part of me that's, I try not to think about it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, I'm curious about you. You're doing the summer road trip. That seems like a thing that uh, young people are doing now. A lot of people even taking like a gap year yeah. to go just, see the world. So. One of my uh, good friends actually graduated a year early and then studied abroad in Ecuador. Um, 
and he didn't had no access to his cell phone. We didn't hear from him. To be honest, I was scared that he wasn't going to come back. Um, but he did, luckily. And that is becoming a really popular thing because there's so much going on in the world right now, like so much violence, so much tension, so many things that are like just quite frankly terrible. Um, and it's not that these things have never happened before, just with mass media, the internet, um, social networking, we're much more aware of what's going on. And I feel like we take these road trips, at least my friend Jack and I are taking this road trip to get away from all of that, to get away from like the pressures of society, of going to college, um, of having to then like, you know, possibly go into debt to pay a whole bunch of money to set ourselves up for the future. Um, so that you can have these couple of moments to not think about that, to just be with your friends, see things you've never seen before, um, and I guess to an extent find out like who you are because you're not in the same town you've always been in, you're not around the same people you've always been with. You can just kind of explore like who you are, how you really want to act because you don't have these roles that you're, I guess, that you've fallen into your whole life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish I had that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my friend Jack and I are really lucky. We uh, we scheduled it um, like freshman year, and we called it the Burger Tour. <laughs> this has been long in the making, yeah. and it started off with like ten people. We were gonna rent like a mega van. We we're all gonna take turns driving. Uh, we were gonna play FIFA in the car. And, I mean, this was freshman year before yeah. we knew uh, how driving worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> And loser would have to drive next. It was, it was going to be amazing. And then it all fell apart. Um, but my friend Jack and I still want to do it. So this has been long, long ordained. Um, but yeah. And then on the topic of college debt, for me, like money was the deciding factor. I've, I've always kind of known um, that I wouldn't have to worry about going into debt up to a certain extent. Um, but I, I applied to the University of Pennsylvania for um, the College of Wharton for business, and that is an expensive school. Mm. And if I got in there, I'm very lucky and thankful that I have a very tight-knit family, like aunts and uncles and cousins. So they're like, if you get in, we'll help you pay for it. But I didn't get in, which I expected, to be honest. <laughs> um, but going to Purdue, like, they offered me the most money, and, and that was that. Mm-hmm. So I know you're all, you're all individuals and you know you don't you're individuals in a particular age bracket you don't all represent everybody in that group but I just want to ask what each of you thinks is maybe the mis- un- most misunderstood thing that you see in the media that you hear about people your age people who are yeah, go ahead. Sir. I'll start. I think there's I think this extends this goes from people our age to people Um, to like millennials, you know, people in their mid-20s, maybe. Um, There's this, I think, misconception that they're not hardworking at all, that they've lost the work ethic that that has branded the past generations. And I really don't think that's true whatsoever. Uh, Being in my high school, I've been surrounded in a pretty competitive environment of, of, of people who work so hard day in and day out, not only academically, but also extracurricularly. Um... And I think recently, after the Parkland shooting, there are teenagers in that school who are coming out and organizing things and speaking out, and that's that's giving us a better name, so to speak. But um, I think I think people our age are very hardworking. It's just that instant, the world is a different place, and older people don't get it yet. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else we misunderstand? Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people view our generation as like weak or overly sensitive or something along those lines. Um, because you'll see all these things about like safe spaces or um, other things along those lines. But it's not that we're weak or like mentally weak or anything. It's just that we are in a terrible situation. Like economically wise, um, college costs are going up and up and up, but minimum wages, jobs that we can actually conceivably get, like none of us here are going to go out and get like a six-figure job or something like that as of now we might go out and do that later but colleges are just getting so expensive and we're not earning enough money to get that and some families don't earn enough money for them to go to college safely and um, college debt is going 
to, I believe it's already the number one debt in America. Um, and we're suffering like so many things that we're not responsible for, um, like the housing market, all of these things. And it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress to put on teenagers who should be focusing on like, you know, who do they like? What college do they want to go to? You know, there's a game tonight. Am I going to be able to make it? Instead, we're like, do I have enough money to go to college? Can I afford, like, is it worth buying these new clothes or saving up money for um, college or saving up money for a car? And I feel like we're perceived as weak because of all this pressure and stress. A lot of us have um, depression, anxiety. We'll break down sometimes. I've had a couple panic attacks before um, just because all these things are happening and it feels like I'm powerless to like stop them. I don't know how any of you guys feel, mm -hmm. but if you've just had these moments where it's like, I have so much to do right now, there's no possible way I can do it without like sacrificing so much stuff um, that we're seen as weak and we're seen as not, we're not seen as not having a great work ethic when we do. And like personally, in my opinion, I feel like just the fact that we can get through all this stuff and we have to, we're working through all these terrible situations that are happening to us, um, like all the school shootings. Like we go to school, I, I know that like nothing's gonna happen, but there's still a part of me like, oh, I might die. Like there was a bomb threat at my school a couple of days ago. We were locked in our lunchroom for a while. That was terrifying because it's not a joke anymore. We have to like actually take everything seriously now. Which, which sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just so much stress that I feel like our generation has really been able to, I don't know, I guess get stronger than a lot of generations that have come beforehand because they haven't had to deal with this before. So Anissa and, and Emma, you can answer that question any, any way you want, but I do want to follow up on the, the whole violence issue. We, we did a whole show with, we had some mm -hmm. students in here just what two three weeks ago talking about they had gone you know on the the, the march for our lives mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and they talked about the stresses and this issue of school violence and school shootings and how it's made them more politically active and all that and I just wondered how how for the two of you for Emma and Brown County and and for Anissa at Harmony is that um, you know has that been a factor for you how how does that play out in your day-to-day -day lives at school school violence um, well, on a small scale, like, just, you wouldn't think so, but there's still, like, fights in Brown County, like, as being so, we're not a small harmony, but, um, small scale, there's still, like, an issue with, like, people roughing each other up in the hallways or, like, threats of violence against each other, but in regards to, like, the Parkland shooting, um, back to almost, like, the political divide, there, that has, that caused some issues, um, within our school system, we, um, couldn't do a walkout because there were some threats made against the school by former students. Um, so we had to go into the gym to do our demonstration. I was on a field trip that day, so I missed everything. But there was just some issues with some, some well, like I said, the threats from former students and the current students who didn't agree with the rally, who um, brought eggs to school to throw at people. Um, and. It just has made it really hard to have a conversation, back to the civil discourse thing, about how we really feel about the, the school violence, the gun violence, and what we really want to be done because it's gotten so political and emotional that like it's been hard to get anything done, really. Yeah, um, I don't know how much I can speak to that just because of how much a bubble harmony is. I think there's definitely the sense, um, or there, I think there was the sense for many years um, of like this can't happen here because we're a community and we're more than just a school and then recently I think that people at least I, I can't speak for anyone else but like definitely with this being so much more on people's public consciousness consciousness and on my consciousness I've started to sort of think like oh I mean this could happen here it could happen anywhere um, it, it feels like at Harmony like that everyone knows what's going on with people and if they're doing okay um, and so it feels like that would never happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I already sort of said this, but <laughs> it could happen wherever. And definitely, like, that's something that I think about sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, just I'll be switching gears a bit, but what are your big worries and your, your big hopes for the future? 
Uh, you want to start, Anissa? Worries and hopes. Um, <laughs> you can do hopes first. <laughs> my big hopes, personally, or for or for the just for world. you and yeah, for you and the world, I suppose. Do both. Um, the things that I've seen people make that I respect the most is when people can take a big news issue that's sort of amorphous and hard to conceptualize, and bring it into like one person and, and interview one person about their lives and how it's affecting them. So that's sort of like this American life fish. Um, and I think we need more content like that because in many ways, journalism and storytelling is activism um, because you are shining a light on uh, specific people's stories that need to be told and you're giving an amplifier to them to, so that they can tell them to the people that need to hear it. Um, so for me personally, I want to be involved in that. I think there's sort of like a media reformation that's going on right now and I think a lot of like old I, talk, I was talking to a retired journalist of the New York Times a couple summers ago and he basically was like oh like you just know that if you're going to go into journalism it's just so bleak right now and like you're going to have to know how to produce so many things it used to be a journalist could just learn the skills of interviewing people and writing and that's it and now you have to produce a video and learn how to make infographics and audio and everything and i was like no like you don't understand like that is so cool and a lot of like i think older journalists or older people are like oh well your generation doesn't can't just sit down and read a newspaper um and i do think that by the time i'm in the um, like in a job there probably won't be that many newspaper jobs but i think that we can use sorry <laughs> sorry <Bob. laughs> um, but i think i think we can use these tools that you know people are saying is losing our attention to tell better stories you know like it's way more impactful to see a video um of you know, some horrible thing that's happening oftentimes than you could ever do in text or, you know, hear someone's own voice tell their own story. So I think we can sort of make these multimedia projects. And I want to be part of that way, you know, we're going to have to figure out how to monetize journalism at some point um, because it's, you know, kind of sketchy, but I think that we can and I want to be part of that, like sort of new media reformation. You're talking like a true journalist. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Julian? Um. I'd say my, is it cool if I start with worries? <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> um, my biggest worries for the future are that just because in this election year we put someone into office who is extremely conservative to the point that not many conservatives even agree with him, um, that we're going to put someone into office who's extremely liberal to the point that some liberals won't agree with him and conservatives will hate us and it'll be this vicious back and forth of getting back at the other one and trying to shove like their beliefs in the other one's face and my hope is that we'll stop um, I've kind of harped on this before but we'll stop having this divide between us that like I'm a Democrat you're a Republican like we can't talk we have different views and we'll start to remember that like you know we're we're all Americans. We need to make sure that we're not just voting for someone because they're our um, candidate, they're Republican. Like, you can go outside of your perceived bubble. You can do those things if you think it's in the best interest of what you think America stands for. And, I mean, yeah, I just hope that people will stop trying to beat other people who stand for the same idea is to, I really don't want to say it like that, is to, like, I guess, make America not be bad anymore. <laughs> um, Accepting and open maybe to other yes, people's ideas. Yes, there and you go. to, like, yeah, just to make America what America is number one in, not, like, I think it's highest amount of people in jail per populace or something like that to, t to make what we're good at not suck essentially <laughs> um, so we're back up to being like you know strong in literacy strong in math strong in the things that really matter and taking away from the things that we shouldn't be number one in I want to give you two a chance to chime in because we don't have a lot of time left sorry um, yeah I, I definitely agree that there needs to be more tolerance in the world and in our country um, and 
I guess, like, personally, my hope is to make a difference in the community or wherever I may be um, and to to do that. And then my, my worry is is currently, since I'm from Bloomington, I mean, I've lived in Bloomington for a couple of years, um, and I'm going to IU. I'm hoping that it'll be, like, a transition, like when people go off to college, you know, and go away from their parents and get all excited and anxious about it. I feel like sometimes that's not the experience I'm going to have. So I'm... I, so I want to try to make it like a little different um, so it doesn't feel like I'm just staying in the same town right after high school and I'm living in the past, <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I'll just personally, my one of my biggest worries is I'm scared as heck for college. I IU is so big and Bloomington, like I know that I live close, but it's like it's going to be a whole new experience for me. And I'm just like, I, I just want to be successful and I just have kind of my own anxieties about like, am I making the right decision on school and like being, just being successful. Like I just want to do my best. And so that's like my, my worry. And my hope is um, that what I'm choosing to do is the right decision for me. I, I feel pretty confident in my decision. I, I really like the occupational therapy track. I want to be able to work with kids in special needs. And um, uh, part of, like, the tolerance is, like, one of my goals is to end the stigma on special needs individuals and, like, you know, the use of the R word, you know. Yes. I, that's one of my biggest goals personally. It's not as overarching as, like, for my – or one of my biggest hopes, like, not for America in general, but just that, like, uh, we can – I'll be a little bit more tolerant and accepting, and um, I just I hope to be successful in my own field. Thank you very much. That's Emma, <laughs> Emma Hoskins, and uh, we've also been joined by Anissa Kurivitsa, Julian Slaughter, and Zoe Berenstein. It's been a great show. Thank you very much for being here. For producer Sophia Salaby, engineer Mike Pashkash, and co-host Sarah Whitmire, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. <laughs>